Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? All right. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're continuing our study of the miraculous, and we're in part 4 tonight. And uh, tonight's uh, title of the message is Shut the Door. Shut the Door. This will make a little more sense in a moment, but it's a part of preserving our miracles. It's a part of making sure that, that we don't, you know pull up short because of discouragement or that we don't end up uh, um, risking other people raining on our parade, diminishing our faith, discouraging us uh, along the way because miracles take faith. Miracles take us believing in something before it happens. And sometimes when we are believing for something that, that we really feel is, 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 is a God thing, not just a good thing, but a God thing. Sometimes other people can, can just rain on our parade to the point to where we get discouraged and sometimes we quit. Uh, let, let me encourage you tonight. Don't let anyone or anything talk you out of a miracle. Don't let anybody, don't let anything talk you out of a miracle. Now, right now, right now, the devil is saying, oh, you know that, you know. No, stop that. Don't let the devil, don't let anybody else, friend or enemy, and don't let any circumstance or situation talk you into believing that God cannot do something for you because you ask. It's one of the reasons why this year I have doubled up on me talking to God, just talking to Him throughout the day. Because there's a lot of things that I want to see happen. There are a lot of people I want to see blessed. There are a lot of things that I, that, that I would like to see changed. Not only you know, the, in, in the things that closely surround us, but also the things in our nation. We are in a, in a political battle, and I don't want to see our nation divided. So every day I need to talk to God about our nation. I have, a, I have developed a habit in that, uh, you know, for, for years I reach for my Bible. It's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning. But now I have developed a new habit. I'm keeping my eyes closed shut when I wake up. I just purposefully have told myself and asked God to remind me. And it's happened probably, uh, you know, uh, all but maybe one day I, I think I did forget and jumped up and went to the bathroom. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to remind me because he'll work with you. You know, he doesn't, you don't just commit to God to do something and all of a sudden you have to be perfect and he watches and judges you when you don't get it done. That's not the way it works. The way it works is you ask God to help you and remind you and I make a commitment to do this and then the Holy Spirit reminds you. And, and, and when the Holy Spirit reminds you, you just do it. And, and if you happen to forget, you say, oh my goodness, Lord, uh, help me not to forget tomorrow, Lord. Uh, and then, then, then he helps you. And so I have been on this purpose-filled uh, commitment journey that I have asked God to remind me when I wake up in the morning and my thoughts begin to click to keep my eyes closed. In fact, I physically do like this because I, you know, it, it's, it's not quite yet become 100% comfortable. It's not become first nature. 
if, if you know what I mean. But I'm getting more and more comfortable with it because the first thing I want to do is I want to pray for my kids. I want to pray for my family. I want to pray, you know, uh, there, there, there's a few people on my heart that I want to pray for and, 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 and my grandkids and I, and, and, I, and I want to name them by name and I want to do that every morning. Uh, you know, uh, my, my grandmother used to say to me, I pray for every one of you every night. That always impressed me to know that my grandmother was praying for me all those years that I was a knothead, you know. Uh, and so I want to be able, I would love to be able you know, uh, when, uh, when the day comes that I'm sitting down with my family and I'm about to go and be with Jesus, I would love to be able to say to them, I have prayed for you. I have called your name before God every day. I have asked him to bless you. In fact, this past Friday, I was visiting with my son. Brennan and I went to see our son. It was our 51st wedding anniversary uh, this, this past Friday, 51 years. And so uh, what, what we wanted for, uh, for, uh, for our gift, instead of you know, uh, socks and, you know, and, and, and a bracelet, we decided that we would, we would drive eight hours to see him and then couldn't, uh, wasn't able to stay because I had things we had to do back here. And so we drove, uh, drove to see him and spent about four, three or four hours with him and ate dinner with him and drove back. But one of the things I was able to say to my son, and if you're listening to the son, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was um, I'm going to say in a good way, very proud to be able to say to him, you know, son, I call your name. I pray for you every day. I call your name out loud. The first thing I do whenever I wake up, before I even reach for my word, I pray for you. I pray for your children. You know, I, I, you know those things are powerful. And it, it won't happen if you don't do it. it I mean, who's going to bless your kids if you don't? Who's going to bless your spouse if you don't? Who's going to bless your, your uh, you know, nation if you don't? Who's going to bless your job and your co-workers if you don't? You know, and it doesn't take that long. You know, the moment that you decide you have too much to pray for, guess what? You have too much. Let me encourage you, you know, seek the Lord. Keep the things that are, that are powerful and that are precious. Keep those things close to you. You know, and make a commitment. And ask God to help you. And it may take a little while to work it out. You know, but, but don't, you know, just, just because you forgot the last three days, don't use that as an excuse. And don't let the devil tell you, you know, you can't do it or it doesn't work or it's not for you. That's not the truth. You know, Abraham, Jesus, they are, they are great examples. They got up early in the morning and they went out to a place where they met God and there they prayed. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, prayed each morning. He rose early in the morning, as was his custom, and he prayed. That's what the Bible said. And if he needed it, think how much we do. You know, who's going to bless you? Who's going to bless your day if you don't? So uh, let, let me encourage you to do that. Uh, and, and, and then, uh, you know, it's so important that we not let circumstances, situation, the devil, enemies, friends, talk us out of a miracle. Okay? Listen, God's a miracle God. God is a miracle working God. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, 
I can't make God do anything. But he said, I can ask him. And, he, and, and, and Jesus told about this woman that kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. And, 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 and he said, if that unjust judge, you know, uh, uh, who, who does not fear God nor man, would give this woman what she wanted because of her importunity, because of her continual coming and asking, how much more shall God give you the things that you pray for if you will ask him night and day? You know, if it's just peace in your life, joy in your home. You know, I'm not sure why people listen to people more than they listen to God. But we, we as, as humans, have this, we have this problem. We have this propensity. We, we tend to, if we're not watchful, listen to people more than we listen to God sometimes. And I, I suppose it's hard enough to, to believe God for a miracle and keep believing Him whenever, whenever you're the one that has heard it, when you're the one that's felt it, when you're the one that's believed it. But when someone outside of you, a friend, a family member, an enemy, has not had that witness, they have not heard what you've heard, they've not felt what you felt, they have not, you know, uh, 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 they, they, they don't believe what you believe because they didn't hear what you heard. Sometimes it's very difficult for them to believe that God's going to do something in your life. Sometimes it's very difficult for them to believe that God is going to, to bring you to a place of blessing or, or increase or get you out of a situation or, or help your family or your, you know, your, your, your finances. Sometimes it's much harder for someone else to believe what you believe because they didn't hear what you heard. I hope that is plain. The Gospel of Matthew records Peter walking on the water. You know, uh, uh, in, in, in Matthew uh, uh, 14, you can read about it. Uh, here came Jesus walking on the water, and, and, and there were 12 disciples in that boat. But Peter is the only one that asked Jesus, hey, can I walk on water too? Nobody else asked him. Peter asked. Peter asked the impossible. God, if this is you, Lord, uh, ask me to do something that I cannot do without you. Lord, give me a miracle. Let me participate in a miracle. And so Jesus said to Peter, come. And based upon Jesus saying, come, Peter got out of the boat and went to walk on the water. He's the only one that walked on the water. Oh, I, I, I know the other story. You know what he did? He let the situation talk him out of a miracle. He got his eyes off Jesus, got his eyes off what he believed, and he got his eyes on the wind and the waves. And when he saw the boisterous wind and the waves coming, you know, uh, and, 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 and nobody else was with him, and he was the only one out there, the circumstance, the situation began to speak other things to him. And the Bible says he became afraid. He began to let fear talk him out of his miracle. He was already in the middle of a miracle. You are already in the middle of a miracle. If you haven't seen it, listen, let me tell you, you are already in the middle of a miracle. I know some of you. Okay? You are already in the middle of a miracle. Don't let fear, circumstance, situations talk you out of what God is already doing in your life. You know, uh, 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 faith, believing, you know, uh, um, Peter didn't shut the door. He didn't shut the door on fear. He continued to observe the wind, the circumstances, situations, his surroundings. He didn't shut the door. He allowed that voice to get louder and stronger. And he entertained it. And, and all of a sudden he began to sink. 
you know, faith does not make things easy, by the way. Faith makes things possible. doesn't make things easy. makes things possible. And we need to continue to, to, to speak the things to ourselves that God has spoken to us. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's, and also, if you continue reading the story, Peter did begin to sink, but he cried out to Jesus again, and Jesus reached down and caught him and lifted him up, you know, and, and, and they got back in the boat. Listen, the story is not that Peter sank. The story is that Peter walked on water. That's the story. And I imagine that was Peter's testimony. I walked on water. Oh, the other 11 disciples, probably their story was Peter sank. <laughs> look at him. He's all wet. You know, don't you know they were sitting over going, look at him. He is wet. <laughs> he failed. He's wet. Peter's probably sitting over there thinking, I walked on water. Hello? You know, my story after I receive a miracle may sound a little bit different than those people that were watching. I'm sitting over here thinking, whoa, man, did, did, did you see what we did? Oh, yeah, a couple of things didn't work out, but did you see what we did? Wow. Well, you know, more than once in King David's life, his circumstances, situations, his friends, his enemies tried to talk him out of a miracle. You know, uh, uh, it his friends didn't always believe that, that, uh, that he could do what God told him he could do. His enemies didn't believe it. Uh, you may remember uh, uh, once in the city of Jebus, which is now the city of Jerusalem, in the city of Jebus, David said, we're going to take that city. The people in that city, his enemies said, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. Well, David had to shut the door on them saying, even the blind, even the lame can keep you from coming up this hill and getting us. You know, David shut the door on all of those enemies that were speaking to him. He shut the door on fear and worry and all the negativity and the naysaying. Why? Because God told him he could take that city. And so he had to shut the door and he had to keep believing. And, and 2 Samuel 5 verse 7 says, Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Even though his enemies said he couldn't, nevertheless, he did. Why? Because he shut the door on what his enemies said. He refused to believe what other people said more than he believed what God had given him in his heart. And he received a miracle. He took the city, and it became uh, the stronghold that is known as the city of David. Another time, David's friends were telling him, you cannot do what God told you you could do. You just can't do it. And in, in fact, his friends got so upset with David uh, because uh, uh, another enemy, an army, had come and had kidnapped their family and taken away their goods. And David said, we can get them back. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And they said, we can't, we can't, we can't. Yes, we can, yes, we can, no, we can't. And they got in such an argument and got so concerned that David's friends, his closest friends, said, hey, everybody, let's just go ahead and stone him. Let's kill him. You know, they were discouraging him. and They wanted him to shut up about God giving him a miracle. You know, God's going to help us. God's going to help us. Shut up, David. And if we can't shut you up, we're just going to kill you. But, <laughs> you know, what did David do? Well, he continued his pursuit of the miracle. 1 Samuel, the last part of verse 6, uh, 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 in, in, uh, uh, says, uh, 
David encouraged himself in the Lord. And David asked God for a miracle. So he could, that part in David asked God for a miracle so he could recover his family. That should not be in red. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Okay? David encouraged himself. Why? Because David had asked God for a miracle. And he had to encourage himself because nobody else was around him. Nobody else was encouraging David. So David encouraged himself. And David said, God, would you help me recover my family? Uh, God told David in, in verse 8, pursue. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. You know what David had to do? David had to shut the door. On his friends saying you can't do it. Why? Because God said you can. God said pursue and you'll recover all. His friends said no we can't do it. Shut up David. David wouldn't shut up. David asked God. God said you can do it. That was enough for David. His friends probably didn't hear what David heard. What David felt. Sometimes other people don't hear what we hear. You know, it happened to Paul on the road to Damascus. You know, not, 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 not everyone you know, had the experience that, that, that Saul of Tarsus had. But for him, it changed his life. He had to keep believing. It's important to, to, to realize that not everybody thinks you have good sense when you start trusting God. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to think that you heard something. People are going to say, no, you shouldn't do that. But if you have heard from God and it passes the God test, what do I mean by the God test? It does not violate His word. It does not violate His will. And it does not violate the way of God. The word, the will, the way. If it does not violate the word, the will, or the way, please, please don't abandon your faith. Don't let anyone talk you out of a miracle. Don't let anyone tell you that God can't do it. Don't let anyone tell you that God won't do it. And for goodness sake, don't you be the person that rains on someone else's miracle. Don't try to talk someone else out of their miracle because you don't believe God can do it. If it does not violate the word, the will, and the way, give your wisest counsel, but then please don't try to become anybody's Holy Ghost. You cannot be anybody else's Holy Spirit. And no one else can be your Holy Spirit. If it does not violate the word, the will, and the way of God, and God makes His way plain. If it does not violate that, then find yourself in a place where you are not a discourager to others who are believing God, that God is going to move on their behalf, that God is going to reach their children, bless their business, that God's going to help them do something that they believe God's going to help them do, that God's going to heal their body, that God is going to bless them, that God is going to use them, that God is going to call them into a ministry or, or take care of them or meet their needs. Please tell God what you want. Listen to His Word, His will, and His way. Don't let anyone talk you out of a miracle. And don't try to talk anybody else out of their miracle. Do you know how many people did not believe that I was called into the ministry? Do you know how many people told me that I was not called, I was not anointed, and that, 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 that I was making a very foolish mistake? 
Do you know, uh, this is not a prescription. This is a testimony from me. Whenever I decided that, that God had spoken to me and he told me to leave where I was and enter into a full-time pursuit of the ministry, uh, people thought I was nutty. In fact, at one point, my mom and dad even came to my house, and they were not known at that point to be a religious people. They loved Jesus, but they weren't really religious. But they came to my house, and they asked me if they could look through my personal effects. And, and I said, well, okay. And they came and said, do you mind if we uh, look? Because somehow, son, this is what they said, somebody's getting drugs to you. Somehow you're being drugged. And, and, and I remember my, my, my mom and my dad asking me, you know, uh, has anybody given you any cologne lately? Are you wearing any new cologne? Is the, you know, somehow you, you're being drugged. Now, this is just simply what they imagined because I had such a drastic life change. Uh, I mean, and, and, and it changed my life. They thought I had either, you know, gone a little nutty. And, and, and they loved me, and they didn't think I was crazy. They just thought I was being wrongly influenced by something, some way. Drastic life changes can do that to people. I didn't mean to share that. I'm sorry, Mama. Uh, and Dad. <laughs> uh, at any rate, not everyone's heard what you've heard. Not everyone has capacity to believe what you believe. Not everyone uh, experienced the life change that you experienced. But they, they might right down the road. Because I can remember my mom and dad coming up in, in, in front of the church and, and praying to receive that same Holy Ghost that I received. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and my dad became an elder in my church. Yeah, that went from, son, I think somebody is giving you drugs to give me some of that, son. You know? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's drastic, but it was, it was my miracle, you know? And I believed it, and I pursued it. Well, this is, you know, I'm hoping that, that, that you are seeking a miracle. Because the miracle that this woman in 2 Kings was seeking... The miracle that she was hoping for in 2 Kings chapter 4 was a miracle of salvation for her children. That's what she was believing God for. That's what she was asking for. That's what she was asking God for. I, Lord, I want you to save my children. I want you, specifically in her case, I want you to save my two sons. I want you to deliver my two sons. You know, that's one of the most common miracles that people need to pray for. Save my children. Help my children. Deliver my children from, 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 from the future they're going to have if you don't get involved in their life. Help them. Help my children. You know, do this for me. That's what she was asking. Let's read about it here as, as we are closing uh, here, uh, as, as, as I'm, I'm, I'm closing. And 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Now, this woman is facing a very difficult time. Her husband died unprepared. And now her sons are going to become indentured slaves to the creditors. Verse 2, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? 
tell me, what do you have in the house? You remember uh, we talked about this in earlier uh, uh, parts that uh, God is always you know, looking for your participation. He's going to take what you have and make something out of it. Your time, your talent, your, your opportunities. You know, I'm trusting God that he's going to take what I'm offering him. My, my early morning before I open my eyes, I'm trusting God that he's going to see that as an offering. And he's going to take something that I'll participate in and use it, you know, for miracles. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's what I'm asking for. You know, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Lord, I don't have anything but, 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 but two minutes, three minutes. You know, that's all I got. Then Elisha said to this woman, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. You remember we talked about that last week, how important it was uh, for her to be humble enough. And also it provided a platform to be a witness. And he said this, uh, empty vessels, there's such... There's such potential in an empty vessel. Sometimes people aren't filled up because they don't pour out. Pour yourself out. I hope you come to church empty. It means you poured out. Come back next week, I'll fill you again. But between now and then, pour out. Pour out. Empty vessels. You know, uh, uh, do not gather just a few. You know, gather all you can. Verse 4. And this is where we're picking up this week. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you. Shut the door. When you come in, shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Miracles throughout the Bible generally follow the very same pattern. Throughout the Word of God, the same pattern exists. And it usually goes something like this. Someone wants or needs something. Then... They petition God for it. They ask God for it. Save my sons. You know, uh, you know help me take this city. Get my family back for me. All the things that, that, that tonight we have seen. You know, can I walk on water? You know, can I come to see you? You know, um, someone needs something, wants something. They petition God, usually in prayer. And then God gives them steps to take. God gives them something to do. Almost every miracle follows this same pattern. God gives them something based upon something they can do, usually involving something they do have. They can do. Sometimes it's, it's, it's giving $10 because you can do and you have something. Many times God uh, works with offerings. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. I'll stop by and see this person. I only have 10 minutes, but I'll stop by and pray with them or encourage them. Or I'll text them or I'll call them. You know, it, it can be, but it's always something you can do. And it always involves something you do have. God will never ask you to do something you can't do, and he'll never ask you for something you don't have. Okay? So this is the pattern of a miracle. And then when a person does what God requires, they get what God promised. The young rich ruler asked a question of Jesus. Jesus told him you know, what to do with what he had. He could, and he had it, but he said no. And he went away sorrowful. He went away sorrowful. Why? Because he didn't want to use what he had, and he didn't want to do what Jesus said. So he went away without the miracle of salvation. Wow. 
Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.